today's Bible reading is Psalm 34, verses 1 to 10. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord for his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. This is the word of the Lord. USA in Del Rio, Texas, home of the drive-in baptismal car wash and discount house of worship, say hallelujah. Brethren, that reminds me of a story. I'll never forget the movie Jungle Book, say hallelujah. You remember it, don't you? Dr. Livingstone, say hallelujah. Beautiful man, pillar of the community. Well, you know, quite frankly, he went into the wilds of the jungle and never came back. Back, back, back. I have been for years. I'm here in this pew every Sunday and Wednesday. I've stained it with many a tear. I've given you years of my service. I've always given my best. And I've never asked you for anything much so Lord I deserve this request please don't send me to Africa I don't think I've got what it takes I'm just a man I'm not a Tarzan don't like lions, gorillas or snakes I'll serve you here in supper in my comfortable middle class life But please don't send me out into the bush Where the natives are restless at night I'll see that the money is gathered I'll see that the money is sent I'll wash and stack the communion cups I'll tithe 11% I'll volunteer for the nursery I'll go on the youth group retreat I'll usher I'll deacon I'll go door to door Just let me keep Please don't send me to 
She thinks she's gone crazy. <laughs> what on earth is she going to speak on? Says to the Lord, What do you want me to share with the congregation? And he said, Share your story. So here I am, wondering how you fit 53 or 4 years or something into 15 minutes. So here I am, and some of the story that I might have to tell, some of you may have heard before. And if you have, please excuse me. But what I really want to do is this, uh, this uh, verse from Psalm 34, glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. This was the verse that I used to put at the top of my prayer letter when I was on the mission field. Everyone I sent home had this because the church had sent me. And I wanted us together to exalt the Lord. As I share my story... I would ask you to reflect on the way in which God has led you. He's led us all, hasn't he? Reflect on how God has led you because God doesn't lump us all together in one one basket and say, right, this is going to be your experience. He knows us individually. He loves us individually. He leads us individually. So your experience is going to be totally different to my experience and any other experience in this room probably. Praise God for that. Isn't that wonderful? But I just want to share just a few things. I can't uh, share the whole of what God's done in my life. I'm here today because of God and only because of him. I hadn't been a Christian for very long, probably 18 months I suppose, something like that. And I was at a, a retreat house for nurses at Montrose. It was run by the Nurses Christian Fellowship at the time and I was in my bedroom and having a quiet time And I suddenly came across these verses that you will all know so well. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Those verses jumped out at me and I got so excited about this and I ran from my bedroom into the kitchen where one of the staff members was there and I said, hey, guess what I've just read in the Bible? This this verse. And I want to start at the beginning to what I'm going to end with, I suppose. Trusting in the Lord with all our hearts, leaning on, on our own understanding, in all our ways acknowledging him, he does direct our paths. You know, sometimes you might be tempted to take the wrong turn. But he pulls us back, he brings us back into his way. He aligns us with his will and his purpose for our lives. I uh, finished my nursing training and my midwifery training and I went through Bible college. And after Bible college I was working at a bush nursing hospital in Yarra Junction. Beautiful little place. It's now become a, a nursing home. But it was a lovely little 13 bed hospital. And one day I had a phone I wasn't there, I had a phone call. When I got back to the hospital, one of the girls said, this fellow George rang you and he wants you to ring him back. Now George was a member of the Rosanna Baptist Church and uh, where I was a member, 
But I hadn't actually been to the Rosanna Baptist Church for probably three or four years, not consistently anyway, because of where I had been working and all that sort of thing. So I rang George back, sort of expecting that, oh, look, we're revising the role and we want to take your name off the role, sort of thing. And he invited me for dinner with he and his wife, Wynne. And uh, so I accepted the invitation. When I got there, he said, after dinner, I want, you to, want to take you to meet another lady in the church. So we had dinner, went off, and we met Judy. And it turned out that Judy and um, George were part of the missionary committee of the church. They sat me down and they said, look, we want to send one of our church members as a missionary to what was then Papua New Guinea. And we believe you're it. And I was it because I was a nurse and because I'd done Bible college training. And uh, so I went home and I had to think about this and pray about this. I'd gone to Bible college with the aim of going to the mission field at some stage. And uh, so I prayed about this and felt, yes, this is God's call to me. I reflected on something that one of our missions lectures in, in MBI had said uh, one day in our, in our missions lecture and he was ranting and raving about the fact that missionaries do it all wrong these days because missionaries feel they hear the call of God and uh, the, the last people to find out that they're going to the mission field is their local church. And he was pointing us to Acts chapter 13 and let me read this for you. In the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And uh, our missions lecturer said, this is the way that the call should come to the missionary. And lo and behold, here I was, never expected it, the church asking me if they could send me to the mission field. My next step was to go to see, and they wanted me to go with ABMS, which is now Global Interaction, and uh, my next step was to visit J.D. Williams, who was the General Secretary of the mission in those days. And uh, when I went to... Uh, CJD, it was interesting because Papua New Guinea hadn't sat well or comfortably in my heart. When they mentioned PNG, it just didn't sit right. You know how sometimes things don't sit right with you? And, uh, but I thought because of the concept of the call, because of what this lecturer had said in, in MBI a lot, you know, it's, I felt I really had to say, yes, I'll go. And uh, so when I went to CJD, he sat me down and the very first thing he said was, Jan, we don't have a calling for nurses in PNG at the moment, but we do need someone in Erian Jaya, which is now West Papua. We do need somebody in Erian Jaya. Do you know immediately that just, my heart just rejoiced. It was God's will, God's purpose for me to go there for two years. It's an experience that I will never forget that I will be ever thankful for and grateful for for the church at Rosanna who supported me in those two years. I was asked to stay on for an extra 12 months by the mission but that didn't feel right either so I came home and met Reg. Um, (laughs) God orders our steps. It was interesting that after we got to 
after we got married, we'd been married 12 months, I guess, something like that, and we had been told that we would never have children. And uh, so we decided the best thing in life was to just get on with life, get on with living. If we're not going to have a family, then God has something else in store for us. That was the way we we looked at it. And one day, um, I don't know whether you know of Tony and Margaret Cupid. Tony was uh, the general superintendent of the BUV at some stage. At one stage, he had been the overseas secretary secretary for the mission when I was on the field. Um, But his wife, Margaret, said to me one day, Jan, would you come along to the missionary meeting that we're having. So, yes, I'll go along to the missionary meeting. And it turned out it was a committee meeting for the Victorian Baptist Women's Fellowship Missionary Committee. Big, long name. Some of the ladies may be aware of that from times past. And uh, my first meeting, and I knew the ladies because they had also supported me while I was on the field, Um, they needed a secretary for the group. And so (laughs) I was asked to be the secretary for the group and uh, um, the committee consisted of about 14 ladies but it was one of those committees where it's a rare committee actually where every person on the committee has a job to do and everybody does their job everybody did their job extremely well and nobody had to check up on anybody that things had been done properly and all that sort of thing I said I've never been a secretary for anything before well we'll help you and that was the beginning of something like a Uh, 20-year partnership with that um, committee. But a remarkable bunch of ladies. At the end of the first year as secretary of that committee, we had two children, two boys, an adopted boy and our first own son. But I stayed on that committee and did other, other roles. Somebody took over as secretary and I did every, I think I did just about every role on that committee through that, uh, through that time. The ladies of that committee, some of them pastors' wives, some of them ex-missionaries, some of them lay ladies in the church, but all with a tremendous passion for mission. Those dear ladies were such an influence in my life. They helped me grow up into Christ. It didn't matter what the situation was or anything like that. Each one of those ladies has left a stamp on my life. Over that 20 years, ladies came and went on the committee. Some of them passed away and other new ladies came on. But every one of those ladies that I met left some sort of stamp on my life. That I believe God had something to teach me through each life that touched mine and I can't think highly enough or speak highly enough of those ladies but you know every one of them thought they were just a very ordinary woman like you and I sitting in the pews, ladies not men, they thought they were just ordinary ladies and what influence can I have on somebody else's life, I'm simply struggling to live the Christian life as God would want me to live it but each one had some sort of influence And I wonder today, what sort of influence am I having on other people? What sort of influence are you having on other people? You might think, well, you know, I'm just a little nobody in a country church. No, you're not. You're somebody. 
you're somebody special in God and you're somebody that God has put his fingerprints on and he's led through life and he's still leading you through life. doesn't matter how young or how old you are. He's still leading you through life. And he can move in you and through you to have an influence in other people's lives, inside the church and outside the church, for himself. If only we are available to him and obedient to whatever he says. You know, one of our favourite verses, I think, is what uh, our dear friend Tom put up on the wall here, that God can do immeasurably more than all we can ever ask or imagine. As God leads us on, as we seek him, as we live in obedience to him, he will do immeasurably more than we can ever begin to imagine in our own lives and by way of witness into the community. One of the things that God has really taught me over the years is the importance of prayer. Prayer needs to pervade our lives, our whole lives. When I was uh, a candidate with uh, Global Interaction, I had to go before this huge group of people at the Baptist Union um, who were going to decide whether they would uh, recommend me to the National Committee of um, Global Interaction. And one of the fellows there, who I didn't know him, and he wanted to ask a question of me. And he said, um, you know, Scripture says to pray without ceasing. How do you do that? How do you do that? Pray without ceasing. And I thought, well, praying without ceasing is an attitude of the heart, isn't it? It's our heart attitude towards God constantly. You know, pray without ceasing isn't being down on our knees 24-7. You know, please dear Lord, please dear Lord, please dear Lord. Praying without ceasing is that conversation that we're having with God 24-7. It's the heart attitude even when we're asleep, I think, of communication with God. It's that seeking him at those times when we are down on our knees and it's the allowing of the Spirit of God living in us to work through us, to direct us, to speak with us and and with Father. And I think the importance of prayer just, um, I think on the mission field you, you really understand it. At home you can understand it as well. One of the things that I have learnt very strongly, I guess, is that nothing is ever wasted in God's economy. We go through trials and testings and believe me, we've had some in our lives. We go through joys and mountaintop experiences. Can you imagine a couple who have been told that they're never going to have children suddenly finding out they're pregnant? Is that a joy? (laughs) We go through all sorts of circumstances and situations and we think, why? Where is God in this? We had a stillborn child and do you, you know, raise your fist at God? Or do you come to God and say, I don't understand it, but I know you're right. God actually whispered in my ear the morning after, our stillborn child, Jan, I don't make mistakes. God never makes mistakes. 
Isn't it wonderful that we can hang our hat on something like that, put our feet on the solid rock, that our God never makes mistakes. But you see, nothing is ever wasted in God's economy. He will take any and every situation in our lives and he will use them for his glory if we allow him to. Tom said last week, he referred last week to the Christian life sort of be, being um, going up the mountaintop onto a plane and then up again and onto a plane as we, as we travel on this journey. It's sometimes it's a, it's a bit of a straight plane and other times it's a climb, that sort of thing. He leads us on from one plane to another but he will use what he has done right back at the very beginning as he leads us on to bring us to the place where he wants us to be and that's called spiritual growth. He continues to grow us spiritually. We need to remain teachable all the time. We need to to remember that we don't know it all We're never going to know it all. One day in eternity we might know and understand God more fully. But on this earth we need to remain teachable and allow him to continue to teach us to build on the foundation that he's given us and to go on building on and on. So just in in closing, will you reflect on how God has led you? As I said, I've had a few wake, uh, sleepless nights or I've been awake through the night these last few weeks with the, this leg and, and not that it's been painful, it's just awkward and uncomfortable. And I've had time to reflect on many things that God has done in my life and in our life as a married couple in the lives of our children. How has God led you? I'm sure you would have wonderful stories to tell also and maybe it's time we started to share those stories with one another what about the influences he's brought into your life for spiritual growth and well-being praise God for dear people that God has sent along your path to touch your life to cause you to grow more in him and who am I influencing who am I encouraging in God Praise God for his activity in our lives each day. Each day. We sat under a pastor once who one of his favourite phrases was, God is always at work. Sometimes we tend to think, where is God? He stopped working. He's not doing anything. Where is he? But I've been reminded by this pastor time and time again, God is always at work. And we need to be attuned to what he's doing in us and for us. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I trust God has encouraged you this morning as we've sat here. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the God that you are. We praise you for your working in our lives. We thank you, Lord, most of all that you have put your hand upon us. You've called us to yourself and we have heard your calling. We thank you that it is your desire to to walk with us, to walk through the difficult times, to walk through the good times and that you always want us to keep on growing in our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that as we do that, 
that we might display Christ, that we might live Christ. And in our world today, Lord, where so many people will not turn to the church, they won't turn to the Bible, they won't listen, anything like that, Lord, they see us. May our lives display Jesus, that those who are currently opposed to you might see Jesus and desire to know him too. So, Lord, we thank you for your continuing work in our lives. We thank you that you will lead us on from here, that your ways are perfect and past finding out. We bless you, our Father. Amen.